It's said we're ruled by the talking class. Conversation isn't taught in school the way reading and writing are. We're somehow asked to create great conversation from thin air. These podcasts attempt to focus on great conversation. According to Psychology Today, a good conversationalist needs to understand quickly changing subjects. I've chosen my guests for that very reason. I hope you enjoy their view on the world and their shared experiences as much as I have. So let's jump straight back into the conversation with our last guest. I think that's, I sort of, again, I'm sitting here just sort of nodding away. I'm going, I've made a load of, I hung out with the preppies and the surfers. I still surf. Uh, like you, on, sort of on a roll, that sort of side of things, parents were intelligent people, still are intelligent people. Um, so that almost this sort of split personality of, you know, hanging out with those that want to skip and, you know, looking at the waves and other ones who, you know, are talking about the next science exam, that sort of thing. And uh, I think you end up having to sort of read sort of a thousand books and having a thousand experiences nowadays. I think there's something that, you sort of notice on especially things like Twitter, these sort of younger people who I applaud their enthusiasm for everything, but they seem to miss the, I'm going to jump into the generalist and specialist stuff straight away with yourself. They seem to miss this whole sort of idea that there are these really generalized experiences that you need to have and that you, many people have had at a really young age, people like yourself and me who were from one country, spoke a different language, went to another country where, you know, with me it was still English, but it felt like another language. I've learned Spanish and Portuguese myself. I fully understand what you mean about different types of Spanish. One of my daughters was born in Argentina. You know, I was like, I learned Spanish in Mexico. And when I went to Argentina, I was like, different. you guys don't speak Spanish. <laughs> and they're like... Nope, we don't. And they say, well, you don't speak Spanish. This is Spanish. That's what they tell you everywhere you go. It's like, no, this is exactly how you're supposed to speak Spanish. And you're like, so I've learned it wrong? Yeah, yeah. And you're sort of like, hey, I've got a friend from Madrid who tells you that he speaks Spanish. And I guess, you know, technically, yeah, maybe he does. But it's here's my question. I'm also writing a book and that sort of thing. So I guess all of these experiences just sort of want to come out. I remember listening to an interview with Noel Gallagher, the, uh, you know, the sort of the talent of Oasis. And he said, you know, look, if I hadn't been in a band, these songs would have come out of me anyway, in some form. And I think once you've, you get to a certain sort of stage of your life where these ideas are just bubbling out and they either come out in a book or they come out in some sort of creative manner. Here's the question for you. Do you have a sort of uh, specific technique that you use to get people to, while you're coaching them, to sort of open up and become aware of that, you know, that they do have valid experiences, that their feelings are not wrong about themselves or about the world, um, that they do have, although they may have only lived in the same house in the same sort of village or whatever it may be all of their life, they do have a lot to actually offer people. Do you have sort of a special way of trying to get them to sort of realize that and open up? And Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
because here, here's what I've understood. Self-doubt exists at every level. So because of that, we're constantly questioning our own abilities to do certain things. And so we always look to like, we, we look at the wrong gap, right? We look at the gap between where we are and where we wish to be and where we desire to be. And while that's great for moving forward, when we think about our accomplishments, we have to look at the other gap. We have to look at the gap of, of where we started and where we are now. And so, um, I, 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 I walk people through a process of, you know, or, or just asking questions really. And, and, and them telling me their story of where they were and how they got to where they are now. And through that, I sit there and I take notes and I write down all of their accomplishments. And then when they're done, I read them back to them in a way that, you know, they're like, wow. And I'm like, yeah, that's you. They're like, you're absolutely right. Yay me. Right. And, and, and I think that some of the, some of the, uh, fear, some of the, the, the blockage is, is that we have been taught that it's a bad thing to boast about ourselves. You know, we must be humble, right? That doesn't mean that I can't acknowledge my expertise on a certain, at a certain degree, right? If, if I have spent five plus years, even I would say three years or more of 40 hour weeks of the same thing makes you an expert at that thing, right? If, if you learn how to, for example, um, a cashier, right? A cashier, they learn their job and, and, you know, all their duties in about a day. But if they do that for a long period of time, if, if you do the same thing for three years, 40 hours a week, you're an expert. You're the expert cashier, right? If I play soccer 40 hours a week for three years, I'm, I'm pretty much an expert, right? I've done it enough, right? Enough ways, through an, enough weather, the time, you know, a lot happens in three years. Three years is enough, especially of focused attention, right? 40 hours a week is, is focused attention. And so, um, you know, we, we tend to think like, Hey, I can only be an expert if I have a, a specific degree in something. Well, that's not necessarily true because if you've been a mechanic for you know, over five, 10 years, like you're pretty good at what you do. You know, when, when a car comes in, you can probably hear as the car drives in what's wrong with the car before you pop open the hood. And I have friends who can do that. Right. I, I used to cut hair for over five years and, and now I cut my son's hair and everybody's like, Oh, there, it's really cool. Like, like, you know, you can do that. I'm like, yeah, I'm really good. They're like, Oh, well you're cocky. I get to be cocky. Because I spent the amount of time, 40 hours a week for a few years cutting hair in downtown Brooklyn. So I know how to do it. 
right? I've, I've encountered all different types of hair and I've earned that right. And a lot of people have resistance in, 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 you know, expressing that, or maybe thinking it's wrong to express your expertise in, in a certain degree. But, you know, as I've shared, like I've been around a lot of people and people, some people are so good at things and it's hard for them to tell that they're good because our eyes see outwards, right? Our eyes don't see inwards. So sometimes it's difficult for, for me to say like, you know, I'm actually really good at this and this and that, right? Because I know those three things that I just mentioned, I'm actually working on. I actually have a mentor that I'm, that I, that I you know, a level that I'm striving for. So because I want to be a, a, a better, say, a, a better barber. And somebody's like, you're an amazing barber. I won't acknowledge that I'm amazing because I'm still trying to be here. I'm still focused on this gap rather than this gap. So to answer your question, um, you know, it's all it's all a matter of reminding someone, like, hey, this is the, you remind me. What have you you know, been through? And then I'll write down all your accomplishments. Let you know, like, hey this is your list. Like this is, you can show this off. You can promote this because you earned it and you deserve the right to promote yourself. You deserve the right to, to be able to charge money for your expertise because you're actually helping people, you know? So that is, I, read a while back um i can't remember it's a colleague of dan sullivan's uh books called the gap and the gain and mm. again very similar to yours and saying that most people are unhappy because even the most successful people are unhappy because they're always thinking next year the year after the year after that sort of thing and not necessarily reflecting on what they've done in the past and also going back and and sort of filling up those. I remember reading a book, oh, this must be 20 odd years ago now, about the Gestalt theory and uh, sort of pulling yourself apart and putting yourself back together again. And I, I spoke to a friend of mine whose uh, wife's a psychologist and she said, very dangerous to do that on your own. <laughs> you know, you end up with a sort of a, a Lego person that doesn't really look like a Lego, you know, it looks like a Lego <laughs> construction, but not a real person anymore. So stop doing it. But I've also been reading another book about sort of kind environments and what they call wicked environments. Kind environments are sort of very predictable golf and chess, for instance, uh, process driven, framework driven, structures driven. And then there are these sort of wicked environments like the economy or the climate, that sort of thing. Um, the Internet is very much a wicked environment. It's unpredictable. Do you through the internet, there's been sort of more and more coaches and consultants and uh, who've sort of bubbled up to the surface. Um, obviously, some very, very good, some you know, not so good, struggling to be good. Do you, you know, sort of, why do you think that is? Do you think it's purely because there's the technology that allows people to do that now? Or do you think that people are actually becoming a lot more sort of self-aware of the, I actually have valid experiences that I feel as if I have to offer. I think it's both of those things, right? I, I, I think it's, it's number one, 
there's 8 billion people in the world and we, and 7.2 billion people now have smartphones with the internet. So now we're all connected before if, if you, you're somewhere completely different in the world right now. Right. And I'm in Texas. And so before we weren't able to provide value to each other. And so now if I know how to lose 50 pounds in 50 days and you desire to lose 50 pounds in 50 days, and I've already done it, I can help you and we can exchange value. I can give you the value of, of, of losing that and I can charge you money. You give me the value of, of money and now we're bartering right now. We don't, there is no, like, we don't need another platform for anyone to interfere with this value exchange because it's something that you desire and, and I'm doing a, you a service. And if I don't charge you money, will you value it? Right. We have all this information on YouTube and we have access to all of most information nowadays, right. With the internet. And so what is, what I feel is different about now is that we don't need anybody to, 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 as I said before, to interfere. And so because of that, everyone is free to exchange with each other. And so it's different, right? Because before I couldn't connect, I could only, con if I had a, 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 an expertise, I can only market to the people in my area. And that's a limited amount of people. And so if there's a hundred thousand people in my area and only 10 people want to, you know, uh, lose 50 pounds in 50 days. If that's my thing, then I have a limited resource, right? And now I, I can't feed my family off of that. So there's no way that, that I will logically pursue it as a career, right? I will have to, you know, adapt to other ways or, or the, 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 the ways that we had before, get a job, go to school, have a career. That was the way. Now, because of the internet, we're opened to the world, as I said. And so, um, now if I'm an, if I have expertise in cutting hair, I can write a book. I can, I can create a course. I can create a coaching program. I can charge people money to learn from me. They will now gain the skill of being able to cut hair and charge, make money off of that. And I get to make money off of teaching them, right? So it's 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 a full value exchange. I think it's amazing for everyone, for the world. Um, I, I've I've been able to connect with people in in Africa who who you know they ask me for help. They're like, oh, you know, I, I'm in this situation and I don't know what to do. And I say the same thing I would tell someone in America. The same thing I will tell you create value for other people and package it in a way that they'll be able to understand the transformation that they need to go through and all of the steps in between. And you package that for them and you sell it to them and you, you prove that you can do it. 
and you, that you can get results. Once you've proved that people will come to you. You don't even have to sell anymore. People will ask you, Hey, I need, I need help with this. Can you help me? Yes. You know, I can help you. I will help you. A friend of mine puts it like this. If I charge you $10 and you can make $20 out of that, then, uh, I'll end up a wealthy man. And so will you. So exactly. I think the, uh, do you think there's a specific type of person who responds well to coaching, especially the online thing, you know, considering, um, it's interesting. I come from, I'm that sort of age where, you know, the internet was brand new, mobile phones were brand new. You know, I was born into the age of, you know, vinyl discs. I've got a whole house full of these things, you know, and then when CDs came out, mini discs before then, and I remember getting my first Walkman, my dad went to Japan and I think he went to Hawaii actually and brought back this thing. And my friends sat around, we just looked at it and he's like, what is it? I don't, I don't know, you know, but it does, you know, look, it's pretty cool. Um, makes me sound old, but it wasn't that long ago. So I remember the, I had set tapes. I had VCRs growing up as a kid. I, I remember when CDs came out and we had to like stop buying cassette tapes because, you know, now the, the, the new stereos and the new stuff that you bought didn't, didn't take cassette tapes or you had the, the, the one that was like three in one. And yeah, I remember all that. I like, I love Spotify for the fact that it allows you to create these sort of playlists. We used to call them mixtapes. You know, yes. you'd go home and if you had a girlfriend, you'd make her a mixtape. You know, if you're mates, you'd make her make them a mixtape as well, that sort of thing. And you couldn't do that with CDs and mini discs and that sort of stuff. And now you're back to that sort of old school way of actually being able to do that. So that's pretty cool. Well, that's it for this week. Join us next week. I think you'll agree that our guest today had some fascinating things to say. We certainly had a lengthy discussion while making this episode that would have turned into a marathon of listening. All part of the conversation will be broadcast next week. Well, that wraps things up. And until next time, have a great day and best of luck with your creativity. Don't forget to have a look at the website. You'll find some stuff to help you develop your creative abilities. I'm Joel. Who are you? Where do you come from and what do you do?